Howdy and welcome to the Laptop Empires podcast. I'm Mike, he's Bobby, and today we're going to talk to you about creating your first info product and more specifically how to create a minimum viable product or an MVP. Just get your thing out into the world, get people buying it, not be stressing over all the little details and making it so that you have this great idea that a year later you still haven't launched. So... (laughs) This is a hallmark of our business. This is what we do. Uh, yeah. Because if you think outside of it, our first product. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, really, even the first product, I, th- I feel like what we've done, ne- not necessarily in the content or not in the creation part, but we have never really been perfectionists with the business and we've always moved pretty fast with things. And, and that comes like every product that I think we've, we've put out so far and the ones that we're going to make, it's very much like, we get the foundation, we build it, we put it out there, and then we improve it over time. You know, not to say that it's not good when it comes out, but it's, we don't have, like, if you go through our courses, they do really well, but it's not like we have perfect video quality and no errors and, and that kind of thing. For us, it's like, let's get the right information out. Let's teach well and, and give people actionable advice and not worry so much on about, like, did we say um too much in this video? Do we need to edit the video where it's perfect, right? And I, and I think that's one of the reasons we've grown quickly. Uh, and I think it's one thing that a lot of course creators get stuck in, like just trying to make everything so perfect all the time. And then they just move slow. Um, and so, I, yeah, I, I think there's something that we're good at. So I, I like talking about this. Yeah. And I said not like our original product because when we created Facebook Side Hustle, we started with an idea and we had some really strong indicators that it was going to do well. Yeah, yeah. And so we created the entire thing from scratch and put a lot of time in over five weeks to get it out into the world. And it was still pretty fast. Five weeks to do everything we did was pretty fast. And if you want to learn more about that, go check out episodes two, three, and four. We did a three-part series talking about pre-launch, the launch itself, and post-launch. And so you can get all the details about what we did in that five weeks. But, you know, that we knew. I mean, we had a, we had over 900 people that had signed up for the waiting list saying they wanted to buy. We had posted in various places and, you know, like the first post Bobby did about the idea in his Facebook group exploded. It was like 500 comments or something silly. Like it was just, there was so much positive yeah. feedback that like we knew it was going to be good. We knew that we could put the time in and we were going to make money and you don't always have that. So what we're talking about today is, you know, how do you get that idea out? What should you be doing? What should you, you be focusing on? But really like the most important part is just getting it out there and not waiting for it to be perfect and not having to have everything figured out because you can change it over time. You know, a really great example, just for example, even in our support community, our community has changed over time. What we offer, what we teach, like how we do trainings, 
it's changed. We've added things, we've removed things, we've changed structure. You know, you're you're going to modify things based on what's best for your students, and you're going to do that, you know, based on their feedback. So it really almost like you put out something that's good and that's going to be useful, but don't stress over it's, if it's perfect or not, because there's going to be things that pop up you're not even going to realize need to be changed until you start getting that feedback from your students. Yeah. Well, and it's something we see even from our students, like this translates, I think, into all parts of business for our Facebook side hustle students. They, a lot of them go through the course and they, they start trying to get clients and all that. And somebody will come to them and ask them something that maybe they don't know yet, or they're not sure of. And instead of like jumping in and just working with the client and figuring it out later, a lot of people are, they have this like fear of like, I've got to like review the material seven more times before I can go and and work with this client. We're always pushing people. It's like, no, 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 don't do that. Just go get the client and we'll, we'll help you figure it out later. And it's the same thing, you know, with putting out courses, it's the same thing. We're about to redesign the website here soon. We, we were just having this conversation where it's like, you know, we could build the perfect website, you know, quote unquote, perfect website and spend hours and hours and hours, but we're going to get something out that looks great. That's very functional, but we can make it super fancy later. It's just about getting stuff out and actually doing it. So I think that's a huge concept in business that a lot of people struggle with. Well, and you mentioned our students, we students, we see it all the time. It's like, just go out there and find clients, go practice these strategies. You don't have to be perfect. You'll figure things out as you go. And, you know, we interviewed one of our students on the Facebook page the other day, and she talked about how, you know, she made $2,000 in the first month. And then she joined our 5k club where she's making 5k a month. And like in this past month, she did over 10,000 for a new business, not counting, you know, the Facebook ads business. So she's on track to just crushing basic. Yeah. Like her and her husband have replaced their incomes and are going to earn twice as much this year as they did with their old incomes. And her big thing was just like, I just went and did it. I just went and I started talking to people. And when they asked me things, I didn't know, I said, I'll find out and came back to them with answers. And when I, you know, I, I pitched my services, they hired me, I got paid and then I figured it out and I asked questions in the group and that kind of stuff. And it's the same thing with your courses. Like you are going to find communities. You're going to find people that you can ask, you know, you can leave comments on this podcast. You can, you know, shoot us messages like, you know, on our page or on our content, you know, on YouTube, whatever. Um, You're going to have Facebook groups that you're part of that have entrepreneurs. Like you're going to have these different places that you can go and get feedback and advice. You know, even if you aren't a part of a course or aren't a part of a coaching program or something like that, the important thing is just getting it done and keeping it simple, right? Like keeping it as simple as possible. And that even comes with the content. Whenever we've created stuff, we always think about what is the content we have to have for people to get results. And then like, what's the nice to have content. And we add the nice to have content later. Like you don't need to have every single thing in there right away. Make it easier on yourself, have less content. That's actually better for you because it gives you more things to add later, which is going to really make your students happy, but it also, it's easier to create and your students are going to get more results because you kept it simple. When you just stick to like the main things they have to do, there's no room for confusion. Even one of the downsides of like a support community, like we have with all the two years of live trainings and things, people can get bogged down in the, all the information and, and have a harder time implementing. So keeping it simple and providing support until you get feedback and can fill it out is actually going to get you better results early on. Yeah, I agree. Well, and that's, that's big with the, with the, uh, the student part of the equation, because I think what 
I didn't realize this until we started putting out a lot of courses and we got a lot of students. People that take your courses, a lot of them will find any possible almost excuse. And I I don't want to talk poorly about the students or anything like that, but they'll find any reason not to go and implement whatever it is that you're teaching. So if you're teaching some kind of service-based, you know, info product or whatever, if you're teaching people how to create a blog, if you're teaching people how to make courses or whatever you're teaching, there are people that are scared to take the leap. And so they will do the procrastination side of things by perfecting everything or trying to be perfect at everything. And so if you give them too much information to consume, that's not really a core to what you know, whatever the service is or whatever the the thing that the mission is that they're, they're trying to achieve, they will obsess over the content that does not matter for a really long time. And then ultimately yep. not have success and take longer to have those, you know, have those success moments in their life and the success stories for you, the course creator to use in your marketing and all of that. So I, I definitely agree, like keeping it, you know, it, it seems like you're keeping some information away from the students, but it's good for them in a way, as long as you're giving them the information that is going to get them the result that they want. And I think that's huge. So definitely something we've been doing in our courses. Yeah. And we've had some instances of that. I remember when we first came out with the Facebook side hustle course, we had three or four videos that we didn't create that we waited like three weeks before we started putting them in because we wanted everybody to figure everything else out first because we knew it was just going to be like way over their head. (laughs) But after two to three weeks of them being in the terminology and learning, like it made sense. It was the right time to do it. So be careful with that. Next thing I want to talk about is this idea of pre-selling. And Bobby would love to get your thoughts on this, you know, because you may have a different perspective or, or different view, but I love selling info products before they're created. I think it's huge um, because it saves you time, right? Sometimes like you might have everybody in the world telling you that it's a great idea and you should do it and they're going to want it. People will say that, right? People will say that because they are interested or they'll say that because they're friends with you. And you really don't know if somebody really thinks something's worth it until they give you money. Like that is really how you prove a concept. And so, yeah. um, the, you know, there's two things that you can do. There's two paths that you can take to really prove out your idea before you actually put the work in. So the first one is you can pre-sell the thing. And then based on if you get a certain number of people that buy, you can go create it. Or if you don't get enough buyers, you can refund that. I've totally had that happen. Or another way is that the first time you do something, you can sell it like a done with you kind of thing. You can sell it as a coaching program instead of a course or like an an info product in that way. And a really good example of that is our good buddy who's been on here many times, Chris Orzakowski's, his copywriting course, right? Copywriting Academy. He sold spots in that as coaching and he went through and he did the content he wanted to do. He created the videos as he went and then boom, packaged it all together, redid some of the ones he wanted to redo and then sold it as a course. And so that's always an option too. You can sell it as a coaching program that's going to go four weeks, six weeks, whatever, create the content as you go, but you're at least proving those sales out first. And that might seem kind of scary to say, okay, I'm going to sell this thing and I haven't even created it. But if you know the content, and you know it's going to be good and you're going to work hard, one, you're going to get it done a lot faster because once people hand you money, you're going to be like, okay, I got to kick it in the gear. I got to get this done. I got to get it made. But you also can save yourself a lot of time because you might put hours or weeks into this thing. Let's even say, you know, you can create a fully blown course in a weekend. You know, I've done it before. You can do it, but you just took your whole weekend. So even if you did that, 
if you could prove it out first, I mean, the last thing you want to do is create this entire thing and then you get crickets. So it's better to see, in my opinion, if you can sell it first, whether that's selling it, then creating it or selling it and then creating it as you go as a coaching program instead. So I think that's pretty important, Bobby. You know, I'd love to get your perspective on that, you know, because it's definitely a my world thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. So I think, than- yeah. Oh, well, I remember like the first course that I ever created to sell like to the entire millennial money man community. I spent forever on that thing. And looking back on that course, like there were a lot, it was such a, it was so bloated and there was too much crap in it, but I just felt like I really needed to like include everything. And I spent mm-hmm. so much time on it, you know, even though it it didn't necessarily like, I kind of pulled the plug on it because we started selling Facebook side hustle at the same, literally at like the same time that, we, yeah. that I was going to sell this course. But I don't think it would have done very well over time. Like I would have had to really change the structure, rip a lot of the course content out. Like there was a lot, you know, looking back on it, I would have had to change. And I spent a ton of time doing it. I spent like hours and hours and hours in my office, like just trying to make this thing freaking perfect. Do you remember this, the PowerPoint slides? Oh, remember dude, how yeah, much I, time you're spending? Yeah, you, well, yeah. And it was funny there when I actually, I did sell it to a very small, small portion of my list because I kind of like segmented it out. And I was like, you know what? I told these people they were going to have the course. Uh, they wanted it. So I sold it. And there was, there was like these big sections where like there was outtakes that were in the course content that shouldn't have been in there. So it was like me recording these slides and like trying to do this. And I was, and then I would like stop and like cuss like five times in a row and then like keep going the content. And that was in the content <laughs> when I sold it. And fortunately, everybody thought it was, that. That's funny. yeah, fortunately, everybody thought it was really funny. I was super embarrassed about it. I was like, oh my God, I uh, can't believe I did that. But, you know, I spent so much time on that course. And it's so funny to look at like, what we do now with like Facebook side hustle took like a, like a 25th, like one 25th of the time that it took me to make that mm-hmm. other course. And then, you know, we've, we've tested out products and we've, we've put this stuff out there and seen if people are going to buy it or not. And if they don't, it saves you a whole crap load of time. Cause you're like, okay, cool. That wasn't the right product for the audience. Like I need to go back to the drawing board. Thankfully I didn't sink, you know, like hours and days and days of my mm-hmm. life into this thing. You know, I think the only caveat is what we talked about earlier. Like if, if you know that there's a lot of demand for a course and you've really gone out and you've really talked to, if you have an audience and you know that they need this thing and this is something that they want, like then yeah, sure. Go ahead and take the time to, to make it the way you want to make it. But a lot of times that's not going to be the case. Uh, I think we all get trapped. Like when we're talking about course ideas, like it's so easy to get excited about things that aren't really great ideas. And it's easy to get trapped in like the echo chamber of all the people. Like if you ask your five friends, like, Hey, is this a good idea? They're going to be like, Oh yeah, totally. It's a great idea. You're going to make a million dollars with this. When in reality, it's like, it's too small of a data of a sample size to really make a decision on, you know, does this solve the pain points? Does this help the the audience that I have? So I think it's huge. And I, and I I definitely enjoy doing it that way instead of doing it the way that I did my first course, which wasted a lot of my time. (laughs) So I think it's huge. Yeah. And I brought up the slides because I remember you working on the slides and being frustrated. And I was like, don't worry about it, man. You can't convince me to do this course with slides. <laughs> and oh, you're like, yeah. yeah. You're like, what? I'm like, dude, we don't need it. Like, and it just, it takes, you know, that's an example of something you might want it and that's cool, but it takes so much time. Right. Right. And if you know the content. And I firmly believe that like, if you do not know the content so well that you can turn a camera on and just talk, and just teach without prep, then you probably shouldn't be teaching it to people. 
right? Yeah. And so you you know for me like that, it's like okay, we can spend all this time building slides and making it perfect, or you can get on and you can talk and you can be passionate and you can teach. Now you can always go back and add those things, right? You know, and there's different things you can go back. You can add transcripts from your videos. You can add slides and re-record. You can add graphics to the videos later. I mean, these are all things Bobby and I have talked about doing or are going to be doing in the future, but you don't need that at first. You can build, I mean, literally you can build a $1 million course. Not, I didn't, I think I said million, right? I didn't mean billion. Yeah. You can build a $1 million course with a, you know, web camera. Right. And that's it. Right. And, and you can make it so simple. Like your delivery method could be you record videos upload them to YouTube in a private or an unlisted playlist. And then you give people the playlist link. I've bought courses like that, that were freaking unreal. Packaging was shit, but (laughs) but (laughs) content was unreal. And that that's so much more important. So consider like, what is the simplest way you can do it? And now can you make it, are there certain things you can do to make it prettier, make it nicer? And should you do that to an extent? Sure. You know, like putting it in a nice thing, like a teachable or a Kajabi or click funnels or some sort of nice content delivery platform, you know, putting videos in there, your PDFs in there, something like that would totally recommend that. But building out slides for all your content or having transcripts of everything or having nice worksheets and PDFs and stuff like add that stuff later if you think it's needed and you'll know if it's needed, people will ask for it. Well, you know, it's funny. I, when I, when I did the slide variation of that, the make money marketing course, the reason I did it is because I took some other courses that I really liked that were in that format, but I didn't think about it at the time that the, those people that put out the courses that I really liked had like a full VA team. It, like it's different now that I've got my, like I right. have a bigger business. Like they had people probably do all of that stuff, like script the entire course out and do all the slides and do all the content delivery and the graphics and all the really nice stuff. Like at the time it was just me. And had I thought about that a little bit more, I would have been like, eh, you know what? I'm not going to do this. Cause just even adding slides to your course instead of doing loom videos, like what we do, God, it adds like double, double, whatever you think it's going to take it, because it just takes forever to do that. And then trying to script it out. The other thing is like, what was not as effective, I think about that course, I used to be a teacher. Like I used, and I never taught with slides. Like I never, I mean, like if you think, if you go back to like high school or junior high and you think about the teachers that only taught with like the projector and slides and PowerPoint presentations, you probably hated that class. And you probably didn't like that teacher a whole lot That's because it was point. boring as hell. And what I've realized now is the way that we teach in our courses is way, way more closely aligned to how I actually learned how to teach as a teacher. Like it's personality, it's talking to people, it's walking people through things and it's not perfect. Like I never had a class where I was like, wow, I was perfect that class. Like I I walked away from that. I didn't say anything wrong. Like every day when I went in to teach, like you messed up or you'd say something that wasn't perfect or you'd, you know, stutter or do something stupid but that's teaching. Like that's real teaching. So I do think that this is a lot more closely aligned with legit teaching. You know, I don't want to say that like slides aren't legit, but trying to perfect it is not real teaching because that's not what happens in the classroom. And you shouldn't worry about perfection anyway, right? Like we've, we've learned this, like there's imperfections in our courses and most people (laughs) think they're funny. You know, we had a situation where we were launching our course and we realized some of my videos didn't have any audio. So at like 3 a.m. the night before we open the cart, I'm re-recording them. And some of those videos are still in there because it's good content. So what I, you know, look tired and this is 3 a.m. <laughs> on my computer, like I still brought it. The information was good, you know, um, and we've had things where just different things happen, like little blunders or whatever. But 
people see that and they go, oh, that person's like me, that person's real. And that is so important because one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is you need to be relatable. People, if people, we see this a lot in our blogging course and in the Facebook side hustle course, like people see how successful Millennial Money Man is. They see the fact that I've got this agency and this team and, and how much money I'm making. And they look at that and go, okay, but they're different. Right. I can't yeah. do that because boom, 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 whatever reasons. But when they see just us messing up, you know, doing things, putting out raw, being real, talking about real things. And that's one of those things too. And we always try to share the stuff that doesn't go right too. Because when we do that, then people can relate and it gives them confidence. And your job when you have an info product, if you want your product to be really successful, you need the people on the other end to be really successful. And part of that is giving them the tools they need giving them the information, helping them implement. Part of it is just pumping them full of confidence and motivation. That way they can go out and do it because you have it and they don't. So I think, yeah, I think that's really important to just kind of be raw and put it out there. Kind of the next thing, you know, let's talk about, you know, you're coming up with your first product. What should you do? How do you put it together? You know, I think the first thing is just kind of the scope of the product are you putting together a mini course? Are you putting together a full-blown course? It, then are you doing something that's going broad on a single to- on a topic or is it something that's going very deep on something, you know, more niche? You know, you don't want to try and do both. You want to do you want to kind of like go broad or you want to go deep on something. So if you have let's say Facebook ads for example, right? Cuz we talk a lot about that or blogging right? You might with blogging have like a general blogging success course, but then you might have a course that's specifically about how to grow your, your uh, traffic with SEO or how to make more money from affiliate marketing. How do you optimize your posts for affiliate marketing or like ours? How do you grow your blog with Facebook ads? You know, there's the specific thing and then there's the broad thing. Both can be successful, but you kind of got to figure out where you're going first. I think that's step one. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's step one. And then step two is really just kind of defining like, okay, what has to be in this course to get people the intended result? Like what do these people need? Like for the Facebook side of the course, there's a lot of different things we could teach in there, but what we put in there was the things that people had to do to get a client and then provide the service successfully for the client and help the client get more leads. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, our student gets paid for it. And we've added a ton of stuff over time and in the group and all that. But we started with like, what do you actually need and what is going to be too much? And I think it's hard to define that. But I think if you start with like minimum viable and you just go, okay, these things have to be in the course. Like they have to have this information. Then you can look at that and go, okay, cool. Now that we have this, is there anything extra that we want to put in? Like, is there any like bells and whistles that would be cool to add, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily like a required thing? You know, and, and I, I can't remember actually how we do this. Do we do this in Asana or do we, we usually like put these things in Asana when we're talking about it and kind of map out the course? If I remember yeah. correctly, it's been a while since we've actually built. Yeah. It. So generally that's usually where it goes, but what, you know, it all for me starts on a yellow pad. Yeah. It starts as an outline or a whiteboard. And it's just thinking about, okay, this is what I'm going to teach. What are the three to five things people need to know in order to do that thing? And then once you have that breaking it down and going, what are the three to five to seven steps or mini topics within the big topic, right? That they have to do to get results. 
and breaking it down that way. That's your outline, right? And then you can create the product from that. And and I like that smaller broken down thing because we found in our courses, and I've just seen this over time, like, you know, I, I remember my very first Facebook ads course I put out, you know, I had, here's the five things you need to know. And it was like, five two-hour videos then now the way you know we do it we go here's the big topic and then maybe in topic one you need to know five things and then topic two you need to know four and then seven and then three and then four and each of those smaller pieces is a smaller easier to consume piece of content whether that's a written piece of content or a video you know for us we like video it's easier it's faster and you know so we'll take each of those once we have that outline then we throw it up in asana we assign because it's two of us who's recording what. And we just go and literally like we split up. We say, these are the pieces. We make sure what we want to cover in it. And it's like, okay, ready action. And then record for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, cut it off, do the next one. And just the standalone pieces. And that makes it real easy one to create, but it also makes it really easy for your students to then go, Oh, I don't remember how to do this one thing. Well, it's one video. It's a 10 minute video instead of a 10 minute snippet in a one hour video. And then they have to find it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And I think to go along with that, when, when it's like, we just go and we just record the things we do try to keep it short. And I think one of the things that you can do, like if you're trying to keep those videos shorter, which I think aligns with people's attention spans nowadays, way better. And even my own, like mm-hmm. I, if I see a course that has like, you know, 10, two hour videos, I'm not going to take the course. Like I'm just, I just won't, I just won't get through it. Cause I'm, I don't have the brain power to do that. But a big part of it is like, just not saying things that you don't need to say. It's hard to be concise when you're doing videos like this. And it takes a little bit of practice. Uh, but the way that we do it now, it's like, I try to record these things first take and like, just get it out mm-hmm. there first, take it, you know, maybe I'd screw up a little bit, you know, but the idea is I'm going to, record this and I'm not going to just elaborate on everything. Like I'm just going to get, I want to get to the point and I don't want to include any extra words that don't need to be in there. And I just want to like, just say it. And I saw this actually a lot in teaching because it's, it's really hard not to do this in teaching where it's like people just elaborate and elaborate and like keep elaborating on these different ideas when it's, they could have gotten it done in five minutes. They just took 20 minutes to do it. So I think that's something to keep in the back of your mind. It takes practice and it's not easy to do uh, off the bat, but you got to just keep it short. Yeah. People aren't taking a college course, right? Yeah. (laughs) You don't need to explain the why behind everything or how everything works. You just need to teach them how to do the thing, right? You can have that stuff later, right? I mean, here's the deal. I could do an entire course on the Facebook pixel because it's incredibly complex and there's so much stuff. But in our training, it's like, here's the pixel. Here's a basic description of how it works. Here's how you install it. So we gave a little bit of background, but that's about it. And that's what they need to have results and be actionable. Then once they've learned and they're getting results, then they can come back and, and learn the more nuanced stuff. And usually that'll come through questions. Hey, can you tell me more about this? Well, and that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like if you have a support community, you know, whether it's free or paid or whatever on the back end of the course, then that's where people can ask their detail questions. You know, like they can go like, Hey, I, I watched the thing on the pixel and I still don't quite understand. And then you answer the question for them, like you help them out. So, you know, keeping the, the course material shorter, maybe leaving out some information that doesn't need to be said, like it can get covered later in the course support group. It's no big deal. Right. Or you could add a module later, you know, that's when, it, when people 
are more knowledgeable and are ready for it. We have a lot of content that's like that, especially on the Facebook ads front. The other thing is like, you don't need to provide, here's another good example, client acquisition, right? And Facebook side hustle course, client acquisition is huge. Mm -hmm. We started off with maybe four or five strategies. We had a few videos of like our favorite client acquisition methods. It might've been four, maybe five at the max. And it was enough that we're like, these are powerful. We know they work. We're giving them to the students. Since then, we're up to 13 different strategies. And two of the strategies have a beginner video and an advanced video. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. right. And so we're always adding, you know, to that. And because that's a really important piece, and we're doing more and more over time. But as we created more of those pieces, what we also then had to go create was some materials to help people implement. We had to create a workbook that we suggest gave more information and it suggested, hey, go in, pick two of these. You know, pick one that's in this category and one that's in this category. Here's how you have success with it now. You need to create this process. Like we had to give them more information because if we would have come out and just given all 13 options, <laughs> then people would have been like, what do we do? Right? Like, which one do we do? It's that paralysis by analysis. Like, you don't want to put people into that. So, you got to be really careful there. The last thing I have on my mind, Bobby, is just be okay with starting small and adding to something later. I I don't know that the first course somebody puts out should be like a big epic course. I think making a small product that really helps maybe with one specific thing could could be a better route for people to go. Um, And it can always grow. And, you know, Facebook ads for bloggers is a really great example of a course that went from what we both had. I think we both contributed two videos that we had recorded for other things. Yeah. And then we each recorded a new one. We had like six videos total and we sold it for like a hundred bucks. And then it turned, went from like six to 30, 30 to 60. Like, and there's tons of content in there now, but like we, you, you start small, you know, if somebody asks you, you know, I get asked all the time about how I use Asana to manage right. my team. Well, I could go create three, four videos, maybe some templates on how to use Asana and give that to people. And that's a good starting place. And then maybe I tackle a full-blown productivity course or team management course later, right? So when you're thinking of ideas, it, it might be a good idea to start small. Yeah. I, th- I think what a lot of people get caught up in, unfortunately, um, is that they think, okay, I'm going to make this mega course or I'm going to make this like awesome course on whatever and just hit a home run and become a millionaire uh, content creator overnight. And it doesn't really happen that way. Even with like what we did with Facebook side hustle, I had another course that I created first and a lot of people never saw the course because I I basically killed it (laughs) before we actually went live with it. But that wasn't like Facebook side hustle wasn't the first thing that I ever did. And, and for us to like, it was the first thing we yep. did as a, a team at Laptop Empire. First it wasn't thing we did as a thing. couple. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> business is business marriage, but it wasn't the first thing we did. And I think, you know, a lot of that is is income reports and, and things like that that people put out uh, or just big claims that people make of like, oh, I did this, you know, I did X amount of dollars on my first course. You just have to be careful because it's hard to actually make that happen. Like what we did with Facebook Side Hustle, mm-hmm. I would love to be able to help other people completely like recapture that and recreate it and do six figure launches and all of that. But the reality is that happened because I had an audience. Um, we had a great product that fit that audience. We had an email list that was ready to like the people wanted this thing. And we just had and a lot had of, a lot of knowledge and experience. Leading yeah. There was it. a lot of pieces that came together to really make that thing 
a home run mm-hmm. from the beginning, but it wasn't our first, you know, it wasn't our first thing that we ever did. Like, you know, I, I never would have thought that it took off the way that it did. So if you, if you take that expectation out of your, of your mind of like, okay, maybe I won't hit a home run, um, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get the experience that I need. And I'm going to, this stuff all, all take, it takes time. Like every business takes time and, you know, millennial money, man, and you doing your work with the agency, that was years that led up to the course and launching it mm-hmm. and lots of money coming in. And so people need to understand that if you're a newer content creator, or if it's your first course, like it's gonna take time, you just need to start mm-hmm. getting your at bats in, learn how to make a course, learn how to sell it, like we talked about, like kind of pre selling it, learn how the pricing fits, learn how to write better copy, like it's all part of this process that builds on itself over time. But if you do it successfully, then you can make a whole bunch of money selling info products one day, but mm-hmm. you can't go into, into it with the expectation is like, I'm going to have, you know, a $250,000 launch this weekend on my first product ever. Like it's yeah. probably not going to happen and that's okay. Don't do it to chase the numbers, yeah. right? Like there's a lot of opportunity and, and I'm sure in the future we'll talk about the opportunity and, and info mm-hmm. products and things. Cause we truly believe in that, that it's, it's a massive opportunity. But if you come from a place of like, I have something to share. I have something that can make people's lives better in some way or another. And you put that out in the world, like that's what's going to work for you. And it goes back to that starting small thing. Like if you have something that people always ask you about or that you're always teaching people, you know, over and over, like you have whatever that thing is, create that as a product, right? I mean, even this isn't even a product, but like one of my favorite things about having a YouTube channel is that when people ask me questions, I can just send them a link (laughs) instead of spending time teaching them, you know, and that's what you kind of want with your product. Like what's that thing people always ask about or you're always teaching and do that first, right? And keep it simple and make it helpful for them and give them the first step, right? Like that's the other thing too. The best thing you can do with a product is give something to people that gives them a result, it doesn't even have to be a big result, right? There's some incredible courses that are just how to get like organized or how to do this yeah. one thing, you know? And so like, you just have this like one thing you've figured out, you know, then do that. You know, I've got a, a, a free little thing that I've put together that's just teaching people how to decide what tasks they should do which tasks they should eliminate and which ones they should delegate. And people love that thing because it gets them this result. And so it doesn't have to be, you don't have to conquer the world. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. Start with something small and get paid. Like that's that's the other thing is like people will take something more seriously if they pay for it. They're more likely to implement it. So even if you've got something small, even if you create something low dollar, create that thing and then you know get some money for your efforts get a reputation, start building your audience that way. And then, you know, you'll, you can do the big thing later or do the big thing now if you've got it. And if you know it, sometimes that happens. So yeah, that's all I got. Just keep it simple. That's the biggest thing. Keep it simple. Get it out there. Minimum viable product. Absolutely. All right. Well, we will see y'all next week. If there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, email us team at laptopempires.com. Comment below. However you want to do it, let us know. We love to hear your ideas. We'd love to talk about it. It's a lot easier than coming up with our own ideas. So (laughs) let us know what you want to learn and we'll teach it. All right. Thank you so much. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. We will see you next week. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. We out. We out.